Welcome to Wargaming Recon. This is your host for the day, Josh Shoebridge. That's right, I am guest hosting this episode of Wargaming Recon at the behest of Jonathan as we take this time to talk about the things that are happening in the land down under. That's right, as you are aware, Wargaming Recon is the only tabletop wargaming uh, show to have me come on when things happen. I don't know. I'm just spouting out of my backside for this day. I apologise too, just for the quality of the recording today. It may be a bit echoey because of the room that I am currently in. It is not built for recording acoustics at all. It is a brick walled room so if it sounds a bit funny or a bit you know how it is i apologize a lot sorry john just just saying just saying so uh okay as as we've been talking about uh previously like in the last five seconds uh is that yes i'm hosting today and and i am in australia i'm an australian and one of the things that uh, Jonathan really wanted me to, uh, you know, start a dialogue with is what's been happening over here in Australia, where we've had a lot of issues with uh, COVID. Uh, I think we've had uh, the uh, one of our capital cities, uh, Melbourne, has been in the longest days in a row of lockdown, uh, if not the longest lockdown, even including the uh, breaks that they have had. So that's, yeah, and that's not just uh, in Australia, that is in the world. I think they've had over 200 days of lockdown, which is, it, it is a big thing, especially for, uh, Australians are a very social group. <laughs> we we like going out and, you know, you know so, so doing things together. That's what we do. That's just how we've we've done things forever. And, and then you look at the... Uh, just look at the hobby that we're all in. Like, if you're here today listening, you are a tabletop wargamer. You are part of an incredibly social hobby. Uh, even if it comes to you want to paint your miniatures, only that you are still you're associating with other painters. You're you're going to a store. You're going to buy things. Unless you're like that guy from Make Love Not Warcraft, that South Park episode, one of the best in my opinion, by the way, where you were literally just holed up in a room doing nothing but that. But I can, for myself, I've got a studio outside of my house where it's in a uh, local, what we call a men's shed, where I go and paint uh, twice a week uh, with other people. Uh, I go and paint at our local gaming store if I don't have a game done or ready to go. Uh, I, yeah, even if I'm not gaming, I I try to socialize when it comes to new tabletop board gaming. So what I'd like to do uh, today, uh, for a lot, I know there's a lot of listeners in Australia who knows what's been going on, but I also know that there are a lot of Americans who uh, don't know what's been happening over here in Australia. It's been quite uh, different to how I, I know what you you would socially re- accept. Uh, I can tell you now a lot of Australians don't accept what's been happening, but it is what it is, and we just got to move forward, deal with it, and do what we can. I, I, I've got my opinions. I'm going to try and steer away from the actual opinions on this because I don't want to cause a divide. We are in it together. We're a community who really wants the best for it. So what I will be going through, basically, where did it all start? The timeline of everything that's been happening when it comes to the lockdowns in Australia. It's been quite a few things going on. I actually went and looked up the timeline uh, for the uh, <laughs> the lockdowns that we've had in, in my state of New South Wales. So that's where I live. I live six hours south of Sydney, about three hours 
east of Canberra, which Canberra is our Washington, D.C. That's where we go to CanCon, which is Australia's largest tabletop wargaming convention, which, mind you, I'll be talking about later on in this episode because it is happening, apparently. I'm very excited. Anyways, so uh, everything's kicked off for us on the 5th of May when one case of COVID-19 in a man in his 50s was detected. Now, from what we understand, this guy was a... Uh, Uber driver picked up a couple of people who had just flown in off an international flight. Uh, On the 6th of May, the immediate response by our government was mask wearing was again made mandatory in all indoor places, including public transport, supermarkets and all other indoor events. Hospitality staff at the front of house had to be masked and no singing or dancing at indoor venues, including places of worship and entertainment venues. Uh, this also this was exempted from weddings and live performance shows. So yeah, I, this, I, this is going to be the boring part. Uh, just so you guys know, this, this started on the 5th of May. We are currently in October. Uh, and you'll understand the, the significance of this because that, so today that I'm recording is Tuesday. And yesterday was what we call Freedom Day. So I'll, yeah, I'll get to that in a sec. So... Moving forward, so uh, the other uh, things that we had to deal with, there were only allowed 20 visitors at private homes, maximum two visitors at an aged care facility. And this maintained its sort of thing in regional New South Wales. This is where I live. I live in regional New South Wales. And we maintained this for, oh, I think it was up until August. It was, yeah, it was just after uh, August or September. I can't remember. Uh... No, sorry, I lied. In June, um, the rest of New South Wales were subjected to uh, only five visitors allowed being allowed in homes, including children, mask mandatory in all indoor non-residential settings. A four square metre rule space uh, was in place for any indoor and outdoor events. Uh, Dancing not permitted at indoor hospitality venues and nightclubs. And uh, dance and gym classes were dropped 20 people maximum per class and you had to wear a mask when you went to the gym this made it incredibly difficult for myself i go to the gym uh, quite regularly wearing a mask while trying to lift 110 kilograms in a deadlift sucks big time i'm not a fan so it, it yeah. this is so these are the things that we were dealing with coming into this and then um what happened uh on the uh, this is this is where it got really really sorry I'm, I'm, I'm mumbling here because there's a lot of things that did happen in between there uh, in Sydney uh, only two people could gather outside uh, you could only go uh, anywhere within your local government area bet- uh, or 10 kilometers away from your house that was then later dropped to five kilometers away which uh, is about three miles uh, for people who don't know you can't carpool and you could only go for essential shopping with one person per household per day, and you weren't allowed to browse in shops. That then it made it hard to go to any of the tabletop wargaming shops, uh, even in regional New South Wales. They were deemed non-essential, and the only way we could get things were by either mail order or doing things that way. So it was really bad. Uh, funerals, you could only have 10, 10 mourners at a funeral, which really re- is really bad thing in my opinion. But as I said, I'm going to steer away from opinions because opinions are bad. Or, as I say, opinions like assholes. We've all got one. So, I'm sorry. Uh, on the 12th of July, the use of QR codes were then made mandatory to anyone going to any stores. 
so this is all the lockdowns got tight tighten uh even uh, essential workers were told that they couldn't do things and then we had a really big blitz in regional new south wales where we had stay-at-home orders implied and that was the exact same thing before then so we could except we we're allowed to travel within our local government area which you would call a municipality and so it's yeah it got to the point where we we could get fined uh, up to $500 for not having a face mask on our person. So we, we had a lot of stuff being thrown at us. And, uh, it yeah, it really played upon a lot of people's minds. Like my seven-year-old, because they shut the schools as well, obviously. And my seven-year-old, after week four of being at home, not going to school and not being able to see his friends broke down because he saw one of his friends when he was on a walk with his mum and he couldn't go and play with them. And that broke my heart. Utterly broke my heart. Tried to do things with him to try and get his mind off it. But again, there's not much you can do with that sort of thing. You just got to, you know, grin and bear it and keep moving and do all that fun stuff. So, yeah, so that's the state of the mentality that a lot of people were doing uh, when it came to the lockdowns now i'm going to give you a this is this is how linked to the hobby the this whole lockdown thing was for me we had organized to do a face-to-face uh dnd session at a friend of mine's and he, who was also the dm we were able to get through our our day of gaming we started fairly early it was about 10 o'clock nine o'clock that we started gaming and then we yeah, we we planned to finish a bit earlier just so people could go and spend some time. And there was a Saturday. This was a Saturday for us, and we could at the point we could have five people visiting in a house. Uh, you could, uh, yeah, and that that was fine. You know, five people visiting, and then we got word at about two o'clock that afternoon that at five o'clock that the government was going to be putting in this blanket rule for all of New South Wales where two, you couldn't have visitors at your home and all the strict restrictions that had been chucked on top of that and we were told that would go for two weeks. It went for a lot longer than that. And uh, so the, the last time I got to see my friends before the end of lockdown that we had here was playing D&D. And it, it was fun. Like I, That's something I, I absolutely love. I love sitting down with my friends, making jokes, role-playing and doing all of that. It is one of my favorite things to do. And in my mind, I'm looking at it as a, uh, I'm going to be DMing our next campaign once we finish the current one that we're on. And it's going to be, uh, for me, uh, just being in that environment, I'm looking at how our DM does things, how I would do it differently, but that's not a critique of, of him. It's a how am I going to put my personality into it? And there's so much that comes from just being face-to-face with your friends playing games. And so that's all the negative stuff that came out of it. So uh, recently, when I say recently, on Monday, we were told that all of New South Wales will be coming out of lockdown. Uh, we had been, so regional New South Wales came out of lockdown two weeks ago, uh, where we could, again, <clears throat> go to things like, our local gaming store or visit people and do all that sort of thing the first thing i did cheers uh is i went and played a game of oathmark with my friend andrew who's also our dm 
and I will get into Oathmark on another episode. That is a fantastic game. Seriously, if you want to have a good game of mass fantasy battles, it's not Kings of War and it's not 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy, Oathmark, in my opinion, blows them all out. I'm going to save the rest till the next episode, because I'm doing the next episode too, apparently. So, anyways, let's get back to it. So, the other day, I... After being told I'm doing two episodes, I forgot I was doing two, by the way. I went on to the old Book of Faces, and there is a uh, a Canberra tabletop gaming group that I am a member of, and I put posted a you know a, a very basic question. I said, "Hey guys, I will be guest hosting an episode of Wargaming Recon, and I was wondering how has lockdown affected your hobby, and what have you done to get in a game or two?" I had three answers, <laughs> and I think it's because um, it's just, it's Facebook. Let's just let's let's think about it. Facebook's really going down. down. Um, so uh, uh, John Primrose he responded with, "I've just had a few solo game, games of tanks. Uh, however, he's been unwell, and he's looking to do more in the coming weeks. Mate, we hope you're doing well and getting better." Uh, uh, third one. I love this one. <laughs> Luke Taper, 1.5 meter distancing, but what what ground scale? Let's go 6 mil, mate, because that way it can be nice and touchy-touch. Uh, Chris Berg, uh, no game time, but he's had an increase of painting output while working from home, which is, I think, been quite common. Uh, for myself, I've done a number of different things. So uh, this is always fun talking to yourself about this sort of stuff, but it's it's, it's good. It's it is what it is. So I've done a lot of painting. I've done a lot of experimenting in kind of painting. So I've uh, what did I started painting uh, my Oathmark army. I have a theme that I'm going to go with, and it's using. So I'm doing a human main human army uh, with some orcs. You'll understand why when I talk about it next week. Uh, but what I've decided to do is go with a themed uh, army colors based off my family crest, which is black and white. Uh, so it's a white backdrop, black stripes, and in the black stripes are two uh, jaguar heads. And the Shoebridge family motto in French, translated to English, means without fear and without remorse, which is the best family motto ever. I'm a Shoebridge, I'm allowed to own that, and I'm allowed to be biased about Anyway, so that's going to be the theme of my medieval fantasy army, is the Shoebridge. And I've translated into French. It's going to look awesome. I'll take photos and all that sort of stuff. So aside from that little project there, I've also been doing like individual miniatures. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, different sort of, you know, uh, you know, painting techniques, like trying to learn certain things and doing all this really cool, um, you know, just skill improvement. So the my latest one that I've been mucking around with is a sorceress model from the Bretonian line uh, from Games Workshop. I think it's 1995 sculpt, so it's metal miniature, and I decided that I'm going to attempt an an NMM uh, paint style for the the sword. And oh my goodness, did you know? This, this is now now I I feel like I am uh, what's the word <laughs> digressing, but this is it is about the hobby. So I'm I think it's really cool. So uh, the pictures of this will be on my Instagram. Uh, links will be in the description. If you just find GamerLives underscore mini painting uh, on Instagram, you'll actually see this miniature I'm talking about. So I actually showed this picture to my wife uh, yesterday, and she goes, "Oh wow, what kind of silver is that?" And 
looking and it is to me it's it is a step up from my skill set it is something I wasn't comfortable with and then I'm looking at it again now today going okay I know where I need to fix things I know where I need to do some more shading and that sort of thing it, to get to the point where I wanted to be she thought it looked silver the paint recipe that I use was <laughs> so using dragon white from uh, Reaper mini painter so Reaper mini paint line uh, was the white that I used uh, the the other two paints to create this effect, believe it or not, was Evil Sun Scarlet from Citadel Paints and Incubi Darkness from Citadel Paints. So there is no black. <laughs> there is no, well, even there's yeah, it's just no grey at all. So Incubi is very dark green, and using the red, and you get this really nice purple effect. And for some reason, it looks freaking awesome as a silver. I don't know how I managed it, but it looked great. Uh, again, just taking these skill sets, listening and watching a lot of podcasts and YouTube channels, uh, especially Miniac and um, Midwinter Minis, Squidma and uh, eBay Miniature Rescue. Uh, those have been my biggest uh, you know, takeaways there. The other things that I've been doing during the lockdown is a lot of 3D printing. And I know uh, Jonathan is a bit thingy when it comes to 3D printing, but I'm going to talk to you guys about a few things when it comes to 3D printing that I think every miniature gaming, gaming hobbyist should be doing. And that is print your terrain, print movement trays, print tools and all that sort of thing. That's what I've been doing. So at the moment, I'm uh, the biggest uh, 3D print project that I've got going at the moment is our uh, river train that I'm currently doing. It's a very, it's a modular uh, river train. And that's done by printablescenery.com. Uh, no, it's not. It's a uh, fat dragon miniatures, that one. My apologies. No, no, my tower's fat dragon. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Sherbridge. So, okay, my bad. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bunch of different places I get my uh, my train pieces from, and I will definitely put a uh, link in, in the show notes for you. Um, for whoever's writing the uh, show notes, you can do it for me because, you know, I love you. Please, please do this. I've got to edit this. You, you can do the show notes. <laughs> I'm going crazy. So, all right. Yeah, so uh, as I was saying, a lot of different things that we're doing. So for Oathmark, I made movement trays that were, uh, that what's the word? They translated their 20 mil base, 20 mil square base to a 25 mil and also made it so round bases can fit on the same uh, sort of scale, which again, when I talk about Oathmark next week, you'll understand why. It's a really interesting sort of idea. It's what I think. So anyway, uh, yes. So yes. Yeah, so with that, and then again, that added to the projects I've been painting. So in, I've been painting units up of orcs and men, and getting them ready for the coming battles that will that will definitely be happening very soon. Uh, the other things we've been uh, been printing uh, again as terrain, uh, trees, rivers, and the next big uh, project that I'm going to be attempting is a wizard's tower. Uh, each section takes about a day and a half to print and yeah I'm, I'm not looking forward to that it's four sections so it's going to take almost a week to have this whole thing printed before I can even start painting it but that's a shoe bridge problem not a you problem the other things I'm going to be doing actually I'll, I'll talk about it. so uh, when it comes to 3d printing I run an end of five pro at the moment which is stock standard uh, I haven't done any mods to it except for adding a cover to the back of the display 
Uh, and I also run an OG AnyCubic Photon, which I've got some upgrades ready to go. I've got a new monochrome screen to go onto it, which it, so there's a few things I've got going on at the moment with my printers. Uh, with my Ender 5 though, I do have a few things on the way. I have a BL Touch uh, auto leveling uh, system for it and also uh, some new yeah, filament that's uh, apparently a lot better than the stuff I've been using. So I'm actually very, very, very excited to see how this goes, uh, especially when it comes to uh, once I get it, the, the bed level system on there I'll be adding a few printed mods to my printer uh, to you know give more bed stability and that sort of thing uh, if you have any questions on 3d printing uh, when it comes to tabletop stuff feel free to shoot me a line at my Instagram uh, gamealives underscore mini painting and again it'll be in the in the show notes um, more than happy to talk to anyone about it um, I actually got some really awesome trees off um, What's his name? Um, Danny, the tabletop DM, or the printing tabletop. <laughs> What's his, the, the 3D printing DM? That's his name. Danny, the 3D printing DM. Uh, search him on YouTube. He's a really good lad. I, I quite like him. I'd love to meet him and talk to him because he does a lot of things that I, I just go, wow, I'm just, it's amazing some of the stuff he comes out with. Uh, but they, on his um, channel, he's got a, a, a website we can go and purchase uh, STL files. And that's the thing. And I purchased the tree set of him. And the trees are great. I, in my opinion, they are the uh, the Citadel Trees Killer. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, those little modular tree sets that you get from, from Games Workshop, that they're okay. These ones that I have printed from this uh from this purchase like it cost me like five bucks for the stl files i get five sets of different trees they yeah they take a couple days to to print them all out and all that however they are fantastic they are freaking fantastic uh again uh, check out my instagram pictures of them on there i've just painted a couple up so definitely go check them out uh so yes that's everything so far. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back talking about some of the other things that we've done to game during COVID. And we're back again with this, you know, podcast. That's what it is. Welcome back. I know we were gone for like a second. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm a crazy person. So uh, as we've been talking about is the things that we've been doing during the uh, COVID uh, uh break that we've had here in Australia um yeah so uh one of the things that we're going to be talking about for the remainder of the podcast is the uh, the actual the three things that uh myself and a few of my other friends have been doing during the COVID uh lockdown and the first thing is we're going to, our regular D&D sessions now these D&D sessions have been taking place using discord as our audio but for maps and everything else uh, we've been using roll 20 and DD beyond for our character sheets uh, roll 20 is a really great resource it's a free resource uh, with optional you know pay uh, extras obviously uh, for the website that it is or you can even donate to it to keep it free and the what we've been doing for our uh, DD at the moment is the uh, dungeon of the mad mage i think that's what it's called yeah, that's what it's called. Well, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, 100% sure that's called. Cool. <laughs> it's the, yeah, the Mad Mage, underneath Waterdeep. So we started with uh, Dragon Heist, and keeping with that, we, we grew our characters up to level 5, and at the moment we're at level 7. And, yeah, it's been quite an interesting take on what we've been able to do for, for D&D. It's been great. 
uh, we do it on a regular, at least once a week, and we're able to all get involved. And it's it's actually uh, for myself. It's one of my favourite things of a week to uh, sit at my computer and jump on and just start talking a lot of crap, making a lot of jokes, and involving ourselves in this amazing role play environment. And so yeah, that's that's one of the things that we've been doing is uh, yeah D and D uh, and following on from that. If we don't want to get involved in a uh, a role play, so to speak, we jump on and we play uh, Star Wars Legion on Tabletop Simulator, which you can find on Steam. Again, all of this will be in the show notes, hopefully with links uh, for our friends. But regardless of what we're talking about and everything like that, the biggest thing for me. Uh, is again gaming being able to use uh, software to to game so tabletop simulator is a definite virtual tabletop uh, with all manner of games available to be used on that platform Uh, not only do we play uh, star wars legion we can play dungeon dragons you can play any board games you can play uh, bolt action flames of war warhammer 40k warhammer fantasy all of the games that you know and love are available on there for you to, to use and play with your friends. Create secret servers or you can play make public servers so people come and watch you play. There are so many things happening uh, on this platform that it's amazing to see how they go. And aside from Tabletop Simulator, we've also been playing a lot of video games, obviously. Uh, I think I've spoken about this earlier where we've played games from Tanks, uh, World of Tanks. Yeah, World of Tanks is what we, we play, not, not World of Tanks, the little one on Steam, we've been playing the the full game, the full MMO game available on uh, wargaming.net. Uh, we've also been playing uh, Hunter Call of the Wild, which is a great game, especially for something as, as uh, realistic in its use as it is. I actually quite really, I actually really love that game. It's a great game. <laughs> And we've, again, keeping in with the fantasy element of the things that we do, uh, we've all just started getting back into Diablo 2 with the remastered edition coming out. And we play all this on Steam uh, and also via the Blizzard uh, gaming system that it that it uses. Uh, it, I'm not really one up with all these programs and that. I just go, okay, what are we playing, guys? Where, where do we go? And then we go and play. And so that, that's what we've been doing to be able to get our gaming fixed within lockdown. And the other thing that happened is when we just came out of lockdown, uh, well, when I say just came out, just before we came out of lockdown, uh, I was able to get a copy for a friend of mine of the rulebook of Oathmark. Again, we, I'm going to do a full episode on Oathmark because I think it's really interesting how it goes. So I'll give you a bit of an overview. It's written by Joseph A. McCulloch, uh, who is the author of several non-fiction books, including A Pocket History of Ireland, Zombies, A Hunter's Guide, and Dragon Slayers from Beowulf, sorry, Beowulf to St. George. In addition to his fantasy short stories, he has appeared in various books and magazines such as Blackgate, Lord of Swords, and Adventure Ghost Archipelago. He also co-wrote The Grey Mountains, a supplement for Middle-earth role-playing and has continued his ramblings to be read at the Renaissance Roll, sorry, the Renaissance Troll.blogspot.co.uk. So, uh, someone who's uh, quite well known in the field. Uh, he's also the designer of Frostgrave and Frostgrave Ghost Archipelago. Uh, Oathmark is a mass fantasy, sorry, an Oathmark. La, la, la. I'm going to leave this in just so you know how hard this is. I'm a trained radio broadcaster and I stuff up all the time. 
Okay, let's start again. Oathmark is a mass battle fantasy war game that puts you in command of the fantasy army you've always wanted, whether a company of stalwart dwarves or a mixed force of proud elves, noblemen, and wild goblins standing shoulder to shoulder in the battle line. Fight through an integrated campaign system and develop your realms from battle to battle, adding new territories, recruiting new troop types, and growing to eclipse your rivals or lose what you have fought so hard to gain and fall as so many would-be emperors would before you. It is an amazing, immense game that not only are you creating a battle force, you just think you are able to create your own battle tome. You can write your own codex, create your own empire, literally from the emperor to the underlings. You are in charge of what you've got using their system to create your own kingdom then to create your own army it is a great game very simplified in, a, in its way you only ever need to have 5d10 so you're not throwing a lot of dice but the system allows it so it makes sense and is simplified it is a game that i would encourage anyone who is fans of the square base battle systems of the past and hopefully future um to get into and involve yourselves in a great thing like you should see what i'm doing at the moment as i say i'm going to save a lot of that for the next episode of uh, wargamer recon where i'll be talking about my actual army my kingdom and my and my desires for it to move forward so yeah so that's what we've been doing in lockdown here in new south wales in australia and yeah, you know, just trying to keep you know some form of uh, sanity uh, I, I think i spoke about earlier in the episode where i've been also experimenting with different painting techniques and styles uh, with an nmm and uh using under using the uh not what's the word uh the contrast paints uh in different ways tell you what they work really well in an airbrush so if you get the time try that as well so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to Wargaming Recon. Uh, I don't know why Jonathan's wanted me to do a few more of these. Happy to do it because, you know what, it's always fun. And uh, no matter if you're in lockdown or not, you have to, you need to, you've got to keep on gaming. Are you always on the go? Why not take Wargaming Recon with you? If you use an app like Pocket Casts, you can listen to your favorite episodes of Wargaming Recon on your mobile device. This recording is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Many thanks to Andrew and Court for inspiring the show's name. Wargaming Recon is dedicated to the memory of longtime listener Andrew. I ask all listeners to join me in a moment of silence in memory of Andrew. Thank you to everyone who backed our 2021 podcast season on Kickstarter. In particular, we'd like to thank 3DDZYN at 3DDesign.com, Nate Taylor of Dwarven Forge, and Things from the Basement, where you can get highly detailed laser-cut terrain kits for 28, 20, and 15mm figures and other exciting products. We couldn't have been successful without the help of all of you thank you so much for your support and being part of our community we hope you are enjoying the 2021 season